everyone and welcome back to the Public Eye podcast, a six-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange here in the heart of Newry. I'm your host, Sarah Travers, and today we are continuing our discussions with local Newry entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how these companies have come to be and to gain insight into their growth. So do remember to keep an eye out on your favourite podcast app and subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. But today should be a good one. I'm joined by Cahill Grant, Managing Director of CGDN. Cahill, very welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Nice in the studio, isn't it? The podcast Lovely. studio. Yeah, Lovely. It's, it's brilliant. Very impressive for Nuri. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more to you in a minute, but before we begin, as with all of the guests, I give a little bit of background into your business, so do correct me if I get anything wrong here. No so problem. Established in 2008, the CGDM Group is an award-winning company delivering excellence in construction and professional fit-out solutions. Operating across Ireland and the UK in many sectors with offices in Newry, Dublin and London, CGDM have a trusted and confident team who consistently provide exceptional levels of service that combine quality and value. CGDM listen to their clients and they take the time to understand their complex requirements no matter how challenging. The team have the ability to deliver in occupied and operational spaces efficiently and safely with the company's overall aim to exceed expectations and deliver a successful project on time and on budget. But Cahill, during recent times, we've been challenged perhaps more than ever as a business, um, as businesses and organisations to deliver what we were doing before in the same way. How has it been for you? Uh, it's been it's been challenging, especially at the beginning when um, there was so many unknowns. Um, the first unknown was probably, is this going to come back? Are we going to survive? You know, um, because we had six or seven projects um, on site that over the space of a week, obviously, like like so many, just all came to a standstill. So huge concerns at that point about whether they were going to be um, starting back up with some of them, with all of them, with none of them. So uh, that was the challenge initially, which was um, obviously very personal for me being the business owner from starting it up to sort of almost feel like the rug was being pulled from under our feet. Um, but gradually, um, I think the sense was that everyone wanted to, to get things going. Um, and our challenge then was to try and um, demonstrate to our clients and to our staff and our subcontractors that we could do that in, in a safe manner. So there was quite a lot of went into getting the sites back up and running um, with all the necessary protections and, um, I suppose, checks. Well, that's it. I would imagine that when you work in construction or fit out, that you know you would be working in very close proximity with someone else. So, how did, was that? A, was that a challenge for you to to go back safely? It was. Um, I suppose in certain instances in the construction industry, and especially um, in in the process that we're working on, health and safety is is massive. Um, so we're. I suppose we always have that level of bureaucracy that we have to work to and adhere to from a health and safety perspective with forms and certificates and a sign off from lots of different levels for, for, for every sort of action that takes place in the site. So that just really tweaked, you know, slightly to combat the, the sort of uh, immediate danger, which was obviously COVID-19. Um, so in terms of working in close proximity, there was just procedures put in place that any time that was happening, people really had a um, completely 
gear up for that. Um, where they were going to be working within a meter of each other, within two meters of each other. There was just a process put in place that people could do that, limit it to wherever. Just was um, completely necessary. But where that did happen, that it was done um, safely. So it was just like everything. It was an obstacle, and um, we came up with a solution, like lots of other people have had to do. And um, thankfully, everything's back going you know, as, as well as I possibly can in do. In the right direction, which, yeah. which is good. And the fact that you even established in 2008, you know, you're, you're no stranger to kind of challenging times. I suppose that was a time when when the crash happened and um, construction did suffer initially. Um, you know, how would you say you cope in a crisis? I would say I cope relatively well. Um, I, I would have a... I wouldn't get too angry um, with, with anyone. I wouldn't get too upset about anything and try to just quickly try and find a solution out of it um you know there's lots of challenges there's lots of crises nearly every day in, in in lots of different sort of levels um so everyone's got a crisis no matter what level they're operating at or what level they're, they're even working at or their personal lives there's crises all around us um look you just have to deal with it as it comes and as i said you know not take it too personally and try and try and re- come up with a solution and move on. I would say problem solve. I think you're being quite modest because I think problem solving sounds like, you know, it is a forte for you. And if you think about um, how your firm even came to be, that was because of, of a crisis as well. You were made redundant from your architect and architectural practice in Dublin. That's right. And I was the best one there too, which was unbelievable. <laughs> Shocking. Um, so what happened? Tell, take us back. What, what was going on? When was this? Yeah, so it was it was back probably in 2008. It was in um, Dublin. I worked in and lived in Dublin for, for three or four years and enjoyed it immensely because that was, um, I suppose, the Celtic Tiger sort of just coming towards the end of it. And then it obviously did end very quickly. Um, but I suppose what came about there was, was obviously the the crash, especially in the property sort of side of things and obviously just filtered down very quickly to the construction. Um, I was working in a very good firm, um, done a lot of high-end residential projects. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed living down there. Um, great party life at that stage. Well, was at that stage, everybody was living like that because you were worth it big time. Exactly. Back and and uh, look, it was, it was a great time to be in Dublin and I'll, I'll never regret any of that, but it just came to a very quick end and you know, it was very challenging for the people that were on that business who were very, you know, good people and very kind for all their staff. And, you know, it was difficult to see them having to take into the room to say that, unfortunately, there's no job here. And that happened, that happened a lot of us all at the one time. Um, so, yeah, it was challenging, but look, it was, you know, needs must. So, um, And sometimes when you're at rock bottom and you get something like that and you lose your job there's only one way that you can go um, and you'd nothing to lose here I suppose you needed to get to do something else but what happened next? Well I um, continued to live in Dublin for a few months because I was there with uh, my friends and uh, my girlfriend Caroline and my wife <laughs> and um, you know I suppose at that age you're, you don't really understand the, the complexities of even what a recession is to be honest um, and you know, you sort of think within a couple of months, probably everything will be sorted out. So sort of probably hung about there a wee bit, sort of looking for jobs and things like that. And sort of became quickly, especially with the cost of the rent, that, that there wasn't going to just add up to, to stay down there to do that. So um, I moved back home. Um, back to the parents? Back, back in with mommy and daddy. Um, and look, I don't, I don't ever remember being 
overly concerned about that or, or annoyed about that. We, I, I just came back home. I still enjoyed everything that I could. And, but yeah, I quickly recognised that unless I was going to go overseas, there wasn't much opportunities. So I, I suppose I always had um, visions of working for myself at some point. And at that stage, then I started to do some um, architectural work just at a local level for... Um, probably mainly family I've come from a large family with a lot of cousins and a lot of them were sort of starting to build their own houses at that time and I started to do the architectural work in terms of their planning and um, there was a market there and well there was it was probably a perfect time because I was going to be able to do that work very cheaply for them in comparison to competitors who had a lot of overheads I had none so and is it true you were just operating in the spare room of your parents home that's it yeah <laughs> start started in there um and yeah just sort of it just gained a bit of momentum you know sort of month on month and year on year and how would you describe your style is it is it very identifiable or can you change to meet the clients needs oh you have to change to meet clients you have to have a different hat for Every class. Is that difficult every day. sometimes? Um, if you think I know what would be really fantastic, but they're adamant that you go with their style. Well, sometimes you have to you have to just go with what you feel is right. Now some people may not just totally buy into that, but you have to really try and do everything you can. Um, and that's whether it was at that time architecture or even now construction, you know, it's the same the same processes. You you know, if you you've different clients who want different things, but ultimately if you can work with a level of commitment and integrity, um, regardless of what that project is or what that process is that you're talking about, um, people will identify with that. So you started out and it was family and friends, first of all. Um, you know, you're currently employing 40 people and you've an annual turnover of 10 million, aiming for 15 million next year. So what happened in between? Um, sometimes I don't know. I have to just <laughs> it's a blur. Yeah, you just you just sort of work with your head down a lot of the time. Um, well, presumably you moved out from the folks. We house. did, yeah, yeah, moved out there. Um, because I just felt then I I started to try and um, sort of go more towards commercial clients. And look, um, I don't think any of them want to really pull up at your mom and daddy's house to come in for a meeting. <laughs> so um, I was very um fortunate that I again family and friends have always been a very important part of everything that that I've done. Um. An uncle of mine, um, BJ McNally on Patrick Street, had a had a um, small space and allowed me to work from there for a period of time, and then it started to 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 grow there, where we started to sort of add two or three staff, and quickly there was no room in that room that we were in, um, and we moved to another building of his just two doors down, um, which is where we were up until um, April in, in, in twenty nineteen. But it was just a case of, you know. I suppose my th- thoughts on it is, is always sort of trying to look longer term um, and not take any shortcuts, um, whether that's on the job or with, with your clients. Like we're, we're trying to build a future and we're always, you know, uh, talking about that, you know, of today. Um, we're always looking at a vision and building a future and you, you have to think longer term. So put your clients first so that, they'll recommend you to other people or that they'll come back to you. You know, if you go in to try and make a quick buck or take a shortcut, you know, the the vision isn't really there. So um, it's just grown that way for us. We've been very lucky that we've came across some good clients at good times with a bit of luck and it's, 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 it's just continually grown. And do you take the projects big or small? 
Or yeah, do you look, always go for the biggies. No, uh, no look, there's it, it. We probably recently have tried to focus a lot more on the client, um, on the teams that we'd be working with. Um, you can get a big project that might look great, but if it's with the wrong client, it'll not go well, um, and no one will be happy. So. We're trying to really identify, at, at the minute now, this is, I suppose, recently, we're trying to really identify the, the good clients that really want something more, that they want someone who's going to work to the level that they're saying they're going to do and to, to as I say, work with um, integrity and give them what, what they want. Well, you've really grown and grown. And one of the big clients that definitely jumps off the page whenever I was reading, um, you know, your background is the All England Club Wimbledon. I mean, I've watched Wimbledon since I was a, a little girl and uh, how exciting was it to be appointed main contractor? Yeah, it was It was great. It, um, how did that come about? Yeah, how did that come about? Very strangely, actually. It came about because we, um, we were tendering for projects um, across Europe for the jewellery company Swarovski. Um, so we we were tendering um, for a sort of rollout, which is to, to happen next year for for um, a lot of new stores for them. Um, it may or may not happen given circumstances, but um, we were pricing them and we were in contact with a French company who came back to us. We had a good relationship with them during the sort of negotiating um, period. And they came back to us and asked, would we um, look at partnering with a project for them in, in Wilburton and um, yeah it, it, it worked out and, and we're the main contractor now on a on a corporate um, fit out over there over Centre Court so it's wow. it's very exciting yeah it, but again it's, it's uh, people asked how did these things come about it's <laughs> luck really. And I could imagine that you know everything has to be just right. Very 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 just right. Okay. And, and there's no there's no grey areas. It's very black and white. Yeah. Okay. So do you have to watch your p's and q's, and is it all very formal and proper all the time? It is. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not allowed on site. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> your liability. I'm a liability. Yes. We've sent. We've sent a few people that are far more professional than me over to, to deal with it. Yeah. No. They look, would have a sin bin in tennis. Oh, they would have for John McEnroe. I suppose she'd have been all right. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I better go away with it. But yeah. No. It's. It's very much it's very the rules exciting. and regulations, and, and that's it. Did you watch yourself? Do you like? I did. Tennis? I love yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah. And used to. So you're the boy to get the tickets now. Is that right? Oh. <laughs> I'll have to see how the job works out. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> Um, you were also named Business Person of the Year in 2018. That's the Aer Lingus Takeoff Foundation Business Awards in London. Um, how did you feel about receiving that title? Um, Modest again. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, look, it, 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 it's great. You know, there's no doubt about it. It's nice to get um, to get chosen um, for for an award like that because it hopefully shows that you know you're doing the right thing. You know. Um, you definitely keep your feet firmly on the ground. Um, is that anything to do with your upbringing? What did the family say about that? What did your friends say about that? Uh, probably both of them slagged the life out yeah. of me about it. That's <laughs> <laughs> bring you back down to earth. You don't get away too far. And do you think that's a good thing, though? Do you think it's that you never take anything for granted? That you're not going to rest on your laurels? You you know you have to keep you have to keep plug plugging away. Yeah, and. I think a lot of it, and I, and I love to see it on people's CVs coming in, um, the farming background, you know, because that's my father, far, farmer. So um, I think you're very much feet are on the ground when, <laughs> um, when when you're in that industry. And we, we, we grew up 
um, working on the farm. So I think it gives you a great background, a base of, you know, that's where it starts. That there's your work ethic there, and you know, you, you have to be there every day doing the same things pretty much. But it definitely gives you something for me to work off. And there's a great work work ethic, I think, in, in in anyone that comes from a background like that. So I love to see that on a CV, and I love to see people that play sports uh, on a CV as well. I think if you get them two together, we're generally. And is it a team sport you look for or an individual? Uh, well, either or, because there's a sense of want, um, whether it's an individual, you know, someone wants to obviously take part in, in, in something and, you know, better themselves. And then the team aspect, obviously, is is, is, is very important in terms of people wanting to be part of a team and, and, and achieve together, you know. Were you into sports yourself? I was, yeah, yeah. So I played football, played Gaelic for... For Drumgath, my local club, yeah. Um, so we sponsor them now, actually, just fantastic. Incidentally. So, yeah, so it's great, yeah. You give something back as well. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Exchange. Do you need an office or a meeting room space? Granite Exchange is the ultimate serviced office and meeting room facility. Located in the heart of Newry City, it is perfectly placed between Belfast and Dublin. Each office suite is fully furnished and comes with an all-inclusive monthly fee with no long-term contract. All you have to do is show up and switch on. The rest is taken care of. For more information, call 028 3044 2500 or visit www.granite-exchange.com. So t- take us back a bit because I know I'm jumping around here a little bit, but um, you, you talked about um, that first premises that you had um, and, and taking on a, a, the first couple of people. Do you remember that moment when you knew you were going to take on your first employee? You know, what was that like and how did you, did you worry about the responsibility oh, of paying somebody else's Definitely, wages? definitely. That, that, that was, you know, the first one or two people that I employed was like the biggest decision ever, you know, and probably potentially always be that case I just uh, I remember like thinking about it and thinking about it and worrying and you know um, what happens if you know in a month's time I don't have work for them I feel I've let them down I feel I look stupid because suddenly I was going to you know not just work on my own I was going to have other people there and so yeah that that was that was I do very vividly remember that being very tough to make that decision Um, and you know once it's funny I think after that it became relatively easy because you sort of learnt that if people were there, you had to get the work for them, and it just kept. Generated you know, it's nearly organic, work. and it's yeah. in in a way, you know. And did you ever get to that stage? I know a lot of uh, business owners say you look for people with skills that you don't have as well. Do you look for people that are nearly better? Or I mean, do you look for architects all the time, or who who do you need in your team? What sort of people are you looking for? So I suppose the majority of our businesses um, fit out on construction projects that we um, tender or negotiate with clients um, where we're purely just doing that work. So there may be a team of architects and consultants in in the background that's working really with you to to deliver that. Um, There is a part of RIS where we do some design work as well, which has just historically been the case because that's where I started. Um, And... So we have a we have a bit of a mix, more so just straight construction fit out projects that we're doing through other teams. Um, but we have designers as as well in house that help us on smaller projects that we do. Right. So you remember taking on the first employee. Do you remember the first big project that you think, oh, this is a game changer? Yeah, there was probably a couple of them. The first one was um, 
for Ladbrokes Bookmakers, um, which came about very early. Um, that we got an opportunity to um, again, again look. It's through a friend, you know, and that's how a lot of this you is. Know. Yeah, it really, it really is, um, and that's the first part. But you have to deliver then, because oh, yeah. your friends can only get oh. you so far. Yeah, you're seriously <laughs> letting them down. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yeah, there was a friend of mine that worked in there, and we got an opportunity to to tender some projects, and we started then doing um, refurbs for their shops. Um, so that's the thing. It is a tender process. It's not like okay, you start on Monday. You oh have no, to do absolutely the whole pitch not. No, you have to go in and convince. Look at me. I mean, at that stage, I was probably um, twenty four, twenty five. Um, so you have, you know, and my friend would have been the same age. So he doesn't have a say in who's going to do the work. You have to go in and, as you said, do a presentation, and then tender the work. And if both line up, you'll get an opportunity. Um, so that was probably because like, that was a massive, massive. I mean, Labricks are PLC and that was at a stage when I probably was only one or two people in the business. So to get that opportunity really then gained us leverage for moving forward. We were able to have that name on a, on a pace as we, we do the work for them. And, you know, it's it's like Wilmington at the minute for us. I mean, that's going to just do the exact same thing because if you're, the Project Wilmington is actually for Rolex. It's their corporate oh, box. So gosh. when we're able to say that, you know, we work for these guys, you know, a lot of people would take a lot of confidence from that, and that's what we're hoping for. Um, oh my goodness, isn't that fantastic? And do you pinch yourself some days? No, don't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> One of my three boys probably kicked me. <laughs> that gets me sorted. That gets you sorted. So, I mean, you talk, you're talking about the, that, that massive gig at 25, and then the pressure, like, you have to deliver now. So, you know, it's one thing winning the tender, but no, knowing that you have to deliver. Um, that opened up doors for you. Um how important would you say networking and helping others and, and giving, you know, the business to business recommendations? Is, is that something that you do? Do you operate within the chamber? Do you be, are you in a network of? Yeah, well, I'm not just in a network just at, uh, at the minute, but I'm in the journey chamber and there, uh, look, of we get so much support and benefits from being in there. Um, you know, um, Colm and, and, and Jessica and that up there is just fantastic. To, to deal with in any time that you're looking um you know questions on anything you know and support and the information that they come with on a monthly basis and um and, and anything they can do to promote our business they always do it it's so um yeah i think that's brilliant i think everyone should should, should really look into um joining the chamber you do get so much out of it um i was previously in a networking club um, that ran out of the canal court um, that was good as well at the beginning because it started to just get your name open out there doors. open doors and again just speak to people who were probably in the same position of you that were looking for opportunities to grow their business and you know passing sort of names to each other and referrals about you know potential opportunities so it's very important especially um, locally that everyone does sort of help out where, where, where they can for each other um, and Cahill, before you come in here today, you know, everybody sort of said, oh, Cahill's great, you know, he's he'll, he'll have no problem talking, all of these <laughs> things. Do you have a bit of a reputation for the gift of the gab? But is that what people see whenever you go to tender? Uh, I don't know if you do the, the, the pitches anymore f for the business, but, um, you know, why is it that you think people from Northern Ireland do so well across the water and in the south when it comes to, to construction and design? Because we really do have a very strong reputation. Um, I, th I think a lot of it is down to the personality, you know, um, if you can um, get along with the person that you're hoping to do work with, that'll gain a lot of traction. Um, if they can 
get a sense that you're genuine in what you're saying that you're able to do and, and, and that you've done before and you're not talking you know rubbish because um, people see through that very yeah. quickly um, a, lo- a lot of times we do get an opportunity to do presentations and, and go in and pitch and I would very much do them with do a couple of that? others yeah I do enjoy going out and meet new people and, and, and you know seeing what opportunities they have and what, what their story is and you know what they're working on and you also get to hear sort of what their problems is and that's something that we're working um, a lot on at the minute we're really looking to to get away from trying to be a tender where you're just the lowest number in the page mm-hmm. you know because we, we're trying to just give something more and we're working on that a lot at the minute as a management team to and try how, and how does that work now in in a more virtual world where i don't know are you still on the same number of flights are you going over to places to in the uk to pitch or do you have to do it now through a computer screen yeah look you're doing it a lot of the time on on, on zoom or teams yeah. um and look it's worked it's worked very well i think you can you can still you know come across the, the same way as you would in person maybe not just totally that that way but um what i found is people actually will have more time um to to meet with you over zoom you know if if you're trying to get a meeting with someone or get a um, presentation to someone that you want to sit down in front of you know i think they were organizing their time around that and um, you know maybe having to travel somewhere they might have a you know, travel to meet you in an hotel or whatever it might have been and it was taking probably a wee bit more of their time up whereas now if it's, you know, saying look, would you give me 15, 20 minutes on a, on a Zoom call or a Teams call it's far more um, easily to get accepted and to get in front of people and as I said, that's been, um, you know, you have to just come across as, as, as who you are and what you do and um, hopefully that, that they pick up on that. There are definitely benefits that have come out of this situation as well. And one of them, I suppose, is that you maybe have a greater work-life balance. Um, you've got three little boys as well and you're you're married. Do you find that you've had a little more time at home than you had before? Well, I think, you you know, during that period, I suppose, of lockdown, um, and, and too much time. <laughs> too maybe too much time. Yeah, um, with Carol, my wife, who, who works in the business, she's um, a director as well and a marketing um, manager. So, ah, so you're in the business together as well. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's 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 great that we can do that and we can sort of well, mostly she'll probably work around my schedule to, to sort of make life balance work. But um, I suppose you you do um, go ramstam at it, and I think you know that break really sort of put things into perspective for for a lot of people and got you to understand really what was important and um yeah be m- more conscious now of sort of trying to be home early which I, I don't really to be honest with you do too much work at all <laughs> but definitely not after um you know seven or eight o'clock I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in the office late I wouldn't be in on Saturdays or, or anything that I never have done and um I don't particularly ever want to. So the the time with the family and um, with Caroline and the boys is, is very important. And what's it like working together as well? I don't know if you're with each other all the time, but do you ever think, is it, is it challenging Oh, it's, oh, it's very challenging <laughs> at times, yeah. Probably more so for her than me. Um, yeah, no, it is difficult because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone can sort of relate to this. You know, you'll not give, you know, the person you probably should be given the most time to you'll not give them that time. Whereas if someone different comes to the door and says, you've got five minutes, yes, no problem, sit down there. Whereas, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not wonderful at it. If Caroline comes to the door and says, can, can we chat about something? Oh yeah, no, I'm too busy. You know, and 
you still speak to her the same way as you'd speak to the others maybe yeah look and that's yeah. you know you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that so um it, it it sometimes is difficult but it's very rewarding whenever things go well and we win a project and you know she feeds a lot into the presentations she does all of them yeah. um the marketing side of things social media she does all of them to help you know build our business build our brand so um, it's great then when we win a project because everyone has you've done it together exactly and yeah with everybody and she understands so, so there there are benefits to that as Definitely, well yeah and um, with your three little ones do you would you love this to grow to become a family business oh well of course yeah i think that's uh, where you're heading uh, yeah i don't uh, i wouldn't foresee it not going that way for sure you know i'd love the boys to get involved and now who's been the most influential person would you say in your life i know this is a big question to just throw at you but i often wonder you know are you into you've talked about the networking groups but and you've talked about your your sports so you know would you have anybody that helped you in the early days or even now as a mentor or somebody that would guide when things when you don't know what decision to make if you know sometimes you can feel very alone mm. at the head of a company yeah, what if it a, f- a few people, friends and, 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 and relatives that we were maybe working with or they would have knew, knew my business relatively well at the, at the different stages that you would have been turning to um, to, s- to ask for advice and to run things past. It's probably become a wee bit easier more recently. We've got a management team in place now that, you know, we sort of all make decisions together um, and we, we, we talk about things and um, you get the support that way. But, yeah, early on it would have been a case of, you know, whether it would have been, you know, my older brother or my family um, or, or people that I was working with that I know would have a lot of experience where I wouldn't have had at that stage to sort of say, look, I'm in this position, you know, this is what happened, what do you think? And, um, no, I've always been lucky that I've always had people to turn to in terms of... And do you take the advice or do you do you still go with your gut? Um, ah, look, I think I would take the advice, you know, and... You know, so you asked the question earlier about, you know, taking people on that, that are more experienced and, and, and you know, um, smarter and, and all skills. of that, different skills. Yeah, look, absolutely. That's what we look for when we're trying to make appointments. Someone who's going to better um, our business and, um, you know, it's the people who, who really are your business. You know, uh, when we do a job, like, for example, in Wilman, I'm not there every day. So, you know, neither is the project manager on that job. It's the site manager. So you have to really... Make sure that the people you're putting on the ground or the face of your business um, out there um, understand, you know, what your vision is, what your ethos is, that, that they can deliver that because they're the people that's going to really sort of show your forefront there over in Wilman, not, not us, you know. So, and um, how important is it then to invest in, in your staff? I mean, if you want them to be loyal to you and be the way that you want them to be seen, you know, how, how much do you value them? Hugely, um, and uh, um, I'd, I'd like to think that we're very flexible with our staff. I think we probably um, showed that during COVID-19 because everyone had individual situations that they were dealing with um, around that, especially with childcare and, you know, all, all, all of that. And we were, um, we have people that work from home because, um, you know, they need to for different reasons. So I, I think we're flexible. I think we're... Um, we really appreciate our staff um, and we, to be honest, we have a bit of crack as well. So I think it's it's quite a relaxed environment to work in. They work very hard um, whenever whenever they need to do something that just needs done, they, they do it. But I think in general, we, 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 have a, we have a bit of crack, you know, a bit of fun. What are the next big um, plans for the company then? What, what are you, obviously you're betting back down and you've got these great projects, but where next? 
So, as I mentioned earlier, we're really trying to um, go above and beyond and give some sort of value-added proposition to our clients that um, we really gain relationships with them, um, that they want us to do the work as opposed to just the cheapest person. So we're doing a lot of work in the background on that and that will hopefully elevate us on to be dealing with clients who you know, want a good job done by people um, who are professional and um, will do it when they say they'll do it um, in the right way, that they really have a relationship then that we become their partner. So, you know, we have a vision where we want to become an international leader in design and build environments, um, partnering with our clients. So their clients can be design teams or they can be direct clients like Wilmington or Rolex or Labbrooks or Kingspan. You know, we do a lot of work with Kingspan as well, which is um, a great company to work for. You know, when you you sort of look at the likes of their growth over the past sort of thirty or forty years, which is just absolutely unbelievable. And you sort of you see where things can go. Um, albeit, I don't think we'll ever get to that level. But you know, it's 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 great to w- they give us a great opportunity a few years back, um, where we really were pitching way above our weight for a project with them and. Um, I I had a, a, an interview with one of the directors in there and um, the message came back that, look, these guys deserve a chance. Kingspan started from somewhere at a time. These are only getting, the guys are only getting going and they've showed us enough to, to take that opportunity and we've, we're on our third project with, with Kingspan now in a row. So um, very much, look, where we want to go is to build relationships with, with, with good clients, with better clients and to become partners with them. Um, the majority of your work is in the Republic, is that right? A lot of it would be, yeah. Um, I suppose the last year, 18 months, doing quite a bit over in the UK as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, majority would be in around Dublin, yeah. What about more projects like Kingspan, uh, you know, at home? Yeah, I suppose I'd love to be doing them at home. Unfortunately, it's very competitive. It's oh. very, very competitive. And for the very much reason um, we, we talked about at the beginning, there's a lot of construction companies um, in around this area. And a lot of them are very, very good at what they do and they, they, they stay local. So they've got the market absolutely bang on. Um, we're very much a management company. Um, we you know, we have all the direct employees uh, that I mentioned, but we, we don't have you know bricklayers, we don't have joiners, we don't have um, people working on our books. Everything is subcontracted pretty much out. So um, it's quite difficult to compete locally because mm. um, we have a lot of very good contractors here that will, you know, um, do very good jobs but are working you know some of them are doing a lot of work themselves and they have their own teams you know they have their own bricklayers they have their own plasters and stuff so um locally i'd love to be look um i'd love to be um have a site 10 minutes from the office as opposed to two hours to the south side of dublin but look we just have to um you have to go where the we market do wants we do you. and we're not afraid to do that you know with no. with, with, with ambitions to to go to europe and further afield as we continue to grow um so yeah we'll not we'll if if they're local and we can someone wants us to do them, of course we'll more than delighted to do so. Which do you think of all the projects you've worked on has been the most impressive, or which was the design that you thought, wow? Um, there's two over the past few years. I suppose to spring to mind, we won um, awards for both of them. One of them was Kingspan. It was an innovation centre, so extremely high tech in terms of what the building um, was almost capable of doing itself and as well as that the finishes that went into it and externally and internally there was products that came a lot of Kingspan's own products that have never been used in Ireland before went into that building um, teams from America came over to help us 
install part of it. Um, and that's their group, that's their headquarters. So they showcase this to the world and that they're a global company. They're bringing in architects and um, consultants from all over the world to this premises. So that's very, that's that's a big one for us. And then the other one was a, um, an office fit out in Dublin in an old um, Georgian Stark building on, on Thomas Street. It's called the Masonry. Um, it's actually it's a co-shared working space, very much like, like here. Um, but very high level finishes went into it and it was our biggest project by quite a long way at, at the time hugely challenging um, because we took a massive step up it was probably a step that just almost was nearly too far um, in, in terms of value and scale yeah. um, but again someone gave us an opportunity and we're working again with them clients on another few projects so look that it has won um, awards as well for us Um so you know when you work on a project of a certain scale and it wins an award it's obviously it, it stands out so them two would probably be the, yeah. the two projects and which is the building or fit out that you wish you'd designed um i like the convention center in dublin i think it's i think it's um very impressive yeah yeah okay yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and um, before I let you go, um, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and those ambitious entrepreneurs out there, maybe just started or have an idea to get started on their own business. Um, you know, what words of advice would you give to anyone that might be listening right now? You know, like back in the day when you started up in the spare room in your in your parents' bedroom, unsure perhaps whether this would work out. What would you say to them? What's the best bit of advice you could give? don't be afraid and do the right thing you know if you do the right thing and you're honest with those that you want to work with or that you're working with um, everything will work itself out thank you so much Cahill for joining me today so fantastic Cahill Grant there of course the founder of CGDM it's been a pleasure to talk to you and thank you for joining me uh, wherever you are today and please if you can Join me again for the next episode where I will be meeting Claire Vallely from Cocoon Bronx. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.